and Henson out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Spoiler Alert. This is a cult pop, John. It's a podcast. We do it, well, we don't do it every week. We do it frequently enough that um, it exists. I'm Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hey. That was sultry as fuck. How you doing? Yeah, my. Velvety butter. And that... The velvety butter voice is uh, Rob Patey from RobPatey.com. Yep, you betcha. There it is. Velvety All right. Butter. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we... By the way, oh, oh. People outside of Philly, no one outside of Philly knows what a John is. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. What is a John? It's, I don't a, it's a flippy dippy. It's a, it's a, it's a shim sham scooby doo. It's a, it's, it's a, a who's he It's a whatchamacallit. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Big back, patty whack. Give a dog a bone. Do you Give feel like John. As a Philly term, isn't widespread enough? Like, people know that yeah, John is a Philly thing, right? I thought no. you were saying joint. No. Yeah. Oh, like, a, like, oh, I see. Spike Lee joint. Like a Spike Lee Almost joint. Almost like you have a, we thought you developed a hair lip for half a second. Mm. No, I, I I knew what John was. But no, it's, it actually didn't even get as far as Jersey. I had to learn it when I moved here. Oh, no shit. No shit. All right. Well, this is, uh, this is one of those Johns. Um it's basically John is basically a word that we could substitute here in Philly for literally anything. Anything. Liter- yeah. Doesn't matter. Hey, can you? Hey, can you pass me that John over there? I just want. Right. I want to see that John for a second. Hey, did you, you guys? The John. Did you guys go to that John last night? Anyway, so yep. uh, we're here to uh, John at you every week about uh, the comic books John. that are on the shelves, and uh, this week we've got one, two, three, four, five, six comic books to discuss we have cherry oh picks, the ones to talk about but first we're going to listen to a voicemail all right talking 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 voicemail from mazer rackham here we go hey guys uh mazer rackham enjoying the show uh your talk of dark knight 3 got me thinking about my old frank miller comics uh, his daredevil run uh, Ronan, Electra, Assassin. It just got me wondering: are are those worth anything? Is it worth trying to sell comic books anymore for money? Not like JD does, but as a collector. Um, enjoy the show. Just want to say, douche, you're my favorite. Keep it up and sing more. Peace. Oh. Oh, I got, I got one. Didn't even mention Mark. Didn't even say anything about me at Didn't all. Didn't even say his name. Didn't even respect him enough to say his goddamn name. It was as if I was never even there. I guess. Maybe. I you know what? It was a year ago. And yeah. remember that whole ordeal we went through where it was Christmas Eve and you were really sad because you let your whole town down and then you tried to commit suicide and then this angel came down and he tried to show you what the world would be like if – Mark underscore L underscore Miller had never lived, and then it turned out everything was better. 
Um, yeah. But then as the final joke, he, he brought you back to life and then made everything terrible again. I think he may have yeah. left that voicemail during that period where you weren't part of the show and the show was better. Oh, that, right. probably, that probably was it. Yeah. I do have to say that like he's got a kind of like a really sultry, smoky voice, kind of like a like a Harvey Firestein meets no. Kath- no. Kathleen Turner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, stop. 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 Because you, Who's... Kathleen Turner in her heyday, man with two brains, I don't want to think fucking melded with Harvey Firestein. Who's Harvey Firestein? You know, I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, I was thinking of Harvey Weinstein. Oh, you mean the actor? No, not that. No, oh, Harvey. No. Harvey Firestein. Uh, the birdcage. Yeah, he was He's... the brother in the birdcage. I love, I love that guy. What a voice. Yeah, but not sultry. <laughs> it's sultry, I tell you. <laughs> I don't really it sounds know... like he gargled sandpaper. I don't no. really know the definition of sultry, but is it defined by my erection? Yes. Then, yeah, he's got a sultry voice. <laughs> Mazer Rackham. Thank you so much. So, for um, to answer your question, it really depends. But because you had uh, specifically called out the... M- Frank Miller Daredevil stuff. We went on eBay. And uh, it looks like the first Frank Miller Daredevil book, number 158, is going for an okay amount of money. It looks like, uh, well, there's, okay, you can't really go by this one because it said $500, but nobody bid on it. Um, And that's one of those CGC books, the Comics Grading Company. So it's been slabbed. Um, But then there's one for 60 bucks. 60 bucks. But then there's some for like $3.25, $4.25. Oh, here we go. S- slabbed at a 9.6, the 150 or number 158 is going for $172.50 and that was it's already had 27 bids on it. Wow. Um, but it looks like the rest of them are just kind of meh. Um you can get I just don't get the CGC. You'll never see the book again. Yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, CGCing a book or, or quote unquote slabbing it is you can send it to the comics grading company and they will give it a final, uh, uh, so what I'm looking for grading, a grading, <laughs> fuck you. I will give it a final grading of one to 10, depending on the condition of the book. And then they'll put it into a uh, really hard plastic see-through case that you're not in supposed case to it open. Carbonite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, covered in vibranium, slathered in uh, adamantium. Uh, but if you crack that book open, um, then the, the grading is worthless. So basically you can have it, – it'll, it'll skyrocket your collection if you've got things that are really worthwhile – um, like Amazing Fantasy 15, Action Comics, early issues, stuff like that. It might be worth it. Um, but then you can't look at the book. But uh, it's really up to you. So uh, I do that to every comic book I own. <laughs> <laughs> Just the ones you wrote, though. <laughs> no, every comic, every book I have ever gotten. Even, like, you know, like My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. Even, the, <laughs> even The Death of Superman? Set the Superman, one in the bag, one out of the bag, one half in, half out of the bag. <laughs> every nice. every single Dark Knight uh, series one through three. Yes, every one of those. <laughs> then I have them 
it's one I have upside down and cased it upside down. Mm-hmm. The other I did shit if they kept the comic and just put like really detailed <laughs> photocopies in the slabs <laughs> of the cover. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ripped off cover. Thanks, man. So, yeah. So, Mazer Rackham, thank you so much for leaving us a voicemail a year ago. See, we're catching up. Yep. Uh, you can, out there in the, in listener land, you can go to poptardsgo.com, click on the bright pink banner, and leave us a voicemail, and we will play it on the show sometime in the next year, I promise. Two years from now, yeah. Um, all right. Do you guys want to talk about these books, son? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, is that the, we're done? We're done the show? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm spent. Let's start with the biggest release from this week. Pumpkinhead number one, put out by Dynamite, <laughs> written by Cullen Bunn by uh, Blackie Shepard. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Blackie yeah. Shepard. And... Yeah, it's Shepard. It is Shepherd. Okay, Shepard is the way you pronounce it. And then it's not uh, Shepherd. <laughs> and then Kyle Stram on the backup. So uh, let's see. Dynamite has this to say about their book. <clears throat> For 30 years, the demon of vengeance has been still, its corpse buried in a pumpkin patch graveyard in the hills. But when a reckless driver accidentally kills a pair of children, the creature is called upon once more. This time, though, the monster's intended target is protected by a cruel backwoods crime family. They hatch their own supernatural plans for dealing with Pumpkinhead. For each man's sins, a special demon exists, and when seven infernal creatures roam the hills and the hollows, no one guilty or otherwise is safe mm. yeah. i thought it was <laughs> pumpkin ninny i i don't is that a what does that mean <laughs> that is a word and i looked it up to, it's to make a face after saying a statement because you could not believe what you had just said oh we <laughs> i feel like we could literally just rename our show that yes yeah the pumpkin ninny <laughs> podcast what um so, uh, Optimus Douche, Rob Payton, really? you didn't bother, right? No. So we'll just leave you out of this? No, no, I, I, I did because I was told how good it was and we had to read Pumpkinhead. And there's some deep fucking history behind Pumpkinhead. So well, I mean, there is. Have, have you seen Pumpkinhead, the movie? Do you think I've seen Pumpkinhead, the movie, by what I just said? It, it, well, I don't know. Maybe you did and you just didn't appreciate it. I don't know. He gives us such a hard time. He gives us such a hard time for not being on the Cannibal Horror cast. Yeah. So I assume he's he's a big horror fan that he's seen the classic 1988 film Pumpkinhead. (laughs) With Lance Henriksen. Yeah. This is you're almost as indignant about me not seeing that as uh, Cat from Hell. My Cat from Hell. Did you know? Were you on the line when I was talking about that? (laughs) I was ignoring it. It's the, it's the it's 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 choice. It's animal channels. It's the animal planets. The Walking Dead. God damn it! So, um, Pumpkinhead right, is, is, is actually a legitimate show on Animal Planet. It's actually a legitimate horror film from the eighties. Um, it's much beloved okay. by the horror crowd. Um, I understand you having not seen it because it's. Uh, outside of the, of the horror circle, I don't I don't think many people know much about it. It's, it's a little it's, off the beaten path. A little bit, the, but it's directed right. by Stan Winston, who is a very big name in the horror community, as well as Lance the, Hendrickson, who you would know from Alien. And the, the creature, aliens. okay, the, the creature was designed by Stan Winston as well. Yeah. And it's a very iconic looking creature that's really aliens. pretty terrifying. 
Yeah, he he looks like a giant, uh, wrinkly cock. He looks a little bit. He looks like an alien, except with human skin all over it, yeah. and it's droopy old skin. And is this pumpkin head that's on the last page of this book? Yes, that is. That's okay, looks well, yeah, nothing like you guys described. You don't. Meet He's all bony and skinny until the very last page. He doesn't look like a wrinkling dick bag, which is what I think I just heard. His head is 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 pumpkin. It's like a it's like a pumpkin that's been out in the snow for a while and it's wrinkly and nope. soft. What fucking I don't know. Okay. It's sensual. No, nope, that's wrong use. Oh. No. Nope. I'm still learning my words. I don't know. You get it. <laughs> I have a suggestion for who Pumpkinhead pumpkin should fight next. Come quiet, face. It's Pumpkinhead versus Mr. Potato Head. Oh, shit. <laughs> Come on. That's some good shit. It'd be a fight, fight of the century. Punch his nose off. I asked to go home, but I'm already there. Um, so what'd you think of the story? I liked it. I, I didn't, you know, as, as a horror guy who rarely falls into the horror comic category, um, of love, I thought this was pretty good. Actually. I just recently watched Pumpkinhead last year for the first time, believe it or not. And, uh, I really enjoyed it much more than I thought. It was one of those experiences where I was like, Oh, I'll put on this eighties thing. And, and the creature design looks kind of goofy. It's called Pumpkinhead. It sounds goofy. Uh, but I actually felt like there was a lot of heart behind the story of uh, Lance Hendrickson and his child. I thought yeah. Lance, Lance did a fucking great job in that movie. So um, th- this hit me at just the right time. I-, I thought that the book actually felt a lot like a Pumpkinhead film. Um, uh, the dialogue didn't seem too crazy. Uh, th- they probably take a little bit of issue with the um, how they treat uh, hillbillies a little bit. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's very cartoonish that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I re- I really like this. I'm actually I might finish this miniseries off. I might read it all. Yeah, I like it that um, they the the second issue. I mean, they say it in the the second story. Uh, in the first story, they kind of mention it, but the second story, they actually introduce another kind of pumpkin head. Oh like, no shit! Well, you didn't read the second story. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. I thought you were talking about the Pumpkinhead two, the film. No, no, in the movie or in the this in comic, the comic book, the yeah, second the, story, drawn by yeah. Kyle Stram. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, and he, this is one that does for. Uh, it's like a gluttony Pumpkinhead. So there's like a vengeance Pumpkinhead, and that's the one that we've seen all this time. But this gluttony, it kind of opens up the mythos a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I kind of like that idea. Um. That was. It's kind of cool. Uh, so there's like there's the gluttony one and there's going to be a sloth one and I guess they're all going to be about these pumpkin stuff these pumpkins pumpkin but, dudes um, yeah. but I mean I think that the the kind of closed mindedness about the hillbillies they're kind of they're coming from the uh, the sheriffs there who are they don't understand the hillbilly ways that's true yeah um but uh, the reason why I, I feel like this was written and, and was done was because of um, Haro County, because it 
Harrow County has a backwoods horror kind of feel to it, as does Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. So um, it it feels like Colin Bunn would be a perfect fit for for this story. Oh, Colin and, Bunn uh, does Harrow County. Yeah, that yeah. is a book that I absolutely one hundred percent want to read, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. I know we did the first issue it. on the show, I think. Um, yeah. But every time I see any of the pages, I follow what is his name Tyler Crook, I think. Yeah. I, I follow him on Facebook, and uh, um, he'll post these videos of him painting the the pages, and they're just fucking gorgeous. I I got really got to sit yeah. down and and read that series. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I really like uh, I I like what um, I like the stories that he tells there. I mean, it's they're kind of like modern fables um but it's it just feels fresh and with with the artwork and everything it's just a good mix nice. that one is and this feels this has the same kind of feel to it i think uh mm-hmm. the art is it's a little different it's a little uh the colors are a little smoky um yeah. and i don't know it's almost it almost feels too clean like these these are supposed to be dirty hillbillies these these little witches yeah like hillbilly hillbilly girls and they're all pretty pretty smooth skinned and you know they don't have like dirt on them or anything mm-hmm. <laughs> i like my hillbillies dirty you know yeah it's it's all it's all penciled it doesn't look like there's a lot of ink uh and if it is it's it's a very sketchy ink wash sort, yeah. of, sort of look so um yeah that's where you get the smoky look from and i i do agree they're, they're pretty clean uh hillbillies <laughs> yeah don't acknowledge him. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to see we're on the same page. All right. Now, Douche, what do you think of the hillbillies' cleanliness in this issue? They're very clean. They're almost like Ozark's clean hillbillies. Because that's some fine hillbillying on Ozark's. If you want to see non-stereotypical... That's the best. That's all I have to offer. You're talking about the, the Netflix series Ozark? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I watched the first episode of that. It is fucking dark. Oh fuck it, yeah. dude! You're only wait till they get to the Ozark. You got to get there. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I like the first. Keep episode, watching. But... Keep watching. Does this make you want to see Pumpkinhead the film? No. Oh. Okay. Does it make you want to watch the Ozarks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of that, or so I don't. I've never seen it, but I think I'll... I actually already yeah. started as soon as one of you said Hillbilly. <laughs> All uh, right. one thing i do like about this uh, versus the film is the the old witch in the original film is so over the top makeup um, yeah the, but here here she's like an actual person so I, I i do like that see you guys have like a i can hear it throughout the review you guys have a reverence for this material if you take yourself out of it it's sort of uh modern day Hansel and Gretel thing going on hmm. old, you know well sort of we get yeah. this is a long time ago this well, of these of these girls that this old witch is doing haggis is one of these girls and yeah. so this is when haggis was a young girl so okay. the witch from the tv sh- or the witch from the movies is uh is now a young girl in this um mm-hmm. uh, but and then it's then it's today. Then then it goes up to today. So yeah. she's like old lady again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's interesting to see a little bit of her origin, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and to know that Haggis has some sisters, 
Um, and one of them is hanging out with uh, these, these uh, I don't know, are they skinheads? I don't know if they're skinheads. They're just like biker crime family people. It's a well, he does have red, got a... he's got red suspenders on and he has a shaved head. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The red suspenders. I didn't see that when I first saw it. Uh, but uh, he's also got like a Dixie flag tattoo on his back. Mm-hmm. So, stuff like that. Um, that's, I mean, it's cool. I mean, they're caricatures, but still, I think that all these, this, this is a fun, it looks like they're coming together into a fun confrontation. When you got some hillbillies, you got some skinheads, you got some punkin heads. Yeah. And, oh, and uh, Colin Bunn seems like he's got something interesting to say about the mythology um, from the original film. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's move this train along to Doctor Strange Damnation number one, put out by Marvel, by Nick Spencer and Donnie Coates on the writing chores with Rod Reyes as uh, artist. What does is, what is Marvel have to say about that? Donnie Cates. What I say? Coates. Oh, Donnie Donny Coates. Coates. You were oh. thinking Ta-Nehisi Coates. Shit. Uh, when oh. Dr. Stephen Strange magically rebuilds Las Vegas from the debris it crumbled to during Secret Empire, he makes a big mistake. A demonic, earth-threatening mistake. Uh, Mephisto comes to the City of Sin to challenge the Master of Mysticism. Blah, blah, blah. Four-part limited series. See Strange team up with heroes from across the Marvel Universe in an attempt to extinguish Mephisto's blaze. Just let him smoke. Puff puff yeah, pass is what I say. If there's a town that you would think Mephisto is haunting, I think Las Vegas, it would either be Las Vegas or Washington, D.C. Yes. Mm. So New Orleans. New Orleans is pretty hedonistic, too. Well, yeah, but, but I don't know. I would I would think most of the evil. I, but, but Vegas is, is understandable. I would say just give give Mephisto Vegas. He can just Screw keep it. it. Yeah. Waste he already it. has it, really. I mean. He does. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's I guess they're defending the good people of Vegas. So, hey, uh, other members of the podcast. <laughs> Do you guys remember Hi. something bad happening to Las Vegas in uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no recollection of it. I do. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the guy shooting, the shooting guy in Vegas. No, 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 no. I'm talking about comic books. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it dis- it was destroyed in uh, Secret Empire. I don't remember that. Okay. How did yeah, it get destroyed? Um, uh, the, the Hydra bomb. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Something happened to it. Went off. Yeah, this, I stopped uh, giving a fuck about cap it. Cap turned. Every, you know, you, you know, you blinked, and uh, there were there were like everything was horrible in America, like concentration camps, and yeah. craziness. There was a dome around New York City, stories. but uh, yeah, vague, I, that I think that that probably might have been an issue that we might not have read, which thankfully sounds like it's pretty dumb but um he uh stephen strange is in his red cape in this book although on the outside cover he is wearing his new blue cape uh, oh uh oh what Forget. what fucking that's it i'm done i'm fucking done i'm done all the reboots yeah. i put up with the reboots i put up with their sjw bullshit and now i got to deal with Fucking not even knowing what color cape. Wait, what color should yeah. escape be? 
should be red. I'm angry. I'm angry about it. Should be. You should be. Irate. You just. You should just close Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Yeah. Main Street Maniac. Uh, and there are I'm a couple of scenes in here where uh, uh, Stephen Strange has a utility belt. Oh. Like yeah. he's got all kinds of pockets and satchels in his belt. <laughs> Rob Lewis Lightfield was a consulting artist. Yep. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I am. I am bored with seeing these four Avengers. I think they are so overplayed these days. Tell um, us which ones. Hawkeye, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Falcon. And it's like they're the only ones ever used in that stuff, and it just annoys me. Oh, and Thor. There's like so many. Yeah, yeah. And Thor, that's what I said. Didn't I say Thor? No. Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Falcon and Thor. Yeah, and Thor. Yeah, those five. Sorry. Um, it just... There are so many other cool, cool characters. Why can't we see a couple more? But I, the thing that that saved this story was the fact that Wong is like leading his own cadre of kind of offbeat characters, which I kind of like. I kind of like that crew. Mm-hmm. So I would stick in here just to see this other crew kind of uh, do, do their battle. thing. Yeah, yeah, because they're cooler. I haven't read Doctor Strange since the Jason Aaron run, um, and only uh, a little bit into the Jason Aaron run. Why are they on the outs? Why is Wong and uh, Doctor Strange on the outs? Do you know? I don't. I'm not sure. I haven't read it either, but okay. I believe he was fired. Okay. I remember he had gotten during the Jason Aaron run. He got a l- new little assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he got that little that librarian girl. Yeah. Now oh. Wong has a ghost dog. Yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing, like, the ghost dog shows up, but he says he was talking to Doctor Strange, which I assume they would have shown earlier in the comic book, but there was no ghost dog earlier in the comic book, unless I missed him. Yeah. That was real weird. I'm like, where the fuck did ghost dog come from? Not to be confused with the film, Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. Yeah, it's not him. That was a great Yeah, it's it's not Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. What was his name? He He had a name. Bats. Ghost Dog. Bats oh, yeah. the ghost dog. Bats the ghost dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they gather Blade, Moon Knight, one of my favorites, uh, Elsa Bloodstone, Brother Voodoo, Man Thing, oh. Iron Fist. You know who I'm tired of seeing? Who? Like, oh. like, I get it. Like, they're Avengers, but like Moon Knight and Blade and Elsa Moonstone and the Man Thing and the Iron Stop Fist it. and the Ghost Rider. <laughs> You never see those characters. Ghost Rider, you never see. You never see Ghost Rider. You never. See, you haven't seen Elsa Bloodstone since uh, since Next Wave. Remember Next wow. Wave? Oh, I love Next Wave. Warren Ellis's best yeah. book. Yeah, and um, Blade for crying out loud! I would just give it up mm-hmm. for just Blade and Moon Knight. Those two would be kind of cool. You Are you not give it talking up? about all the heroes you want to see in this book? No, it's fun seeing. It'll be fun to see those guys fighting Mephisto in issue two. Um, this just I I I don't know. I just was sick of seeing. I'm sick of seeing like those. You want to shift it to more the magical and mystical players overall. Yeah, I like that rather than the rather than the ones that you always see. And I I mean, it's the same thing with like I I don't know. It's like it used to be Cap. It used to be just Cap, uh, Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. Mm-hmm. But now, okay. now it's like you never see any of those guys together anymore. Well, I guess they're trying to make it special with this new announcement. Um, 
this new series that they're going to be coming out with. Well, it makes sense that they're all getting phased out because they were the first wave of the movies, which come to culmination with Infinity War coming up. All yeah. these guys are seeing these books or all the, the the next wave of the movies coming out, right? Danvers, Maybe. he's got one coming. Black Panther, he had a little movie that just came out. Did he? Did he? What was no, that? I've heard things. Yeah, people have uh, just mentioned it. Uh not as good as Justice League, they said. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I just got I, – I've, I've just – I've seen those those characters for like the last couple of years and I'm just like kind – of, I'd like to see some new new faces. New faces or faces no, I you haven't seen in a while? I, well, I, a little bit of both. Okay. Like I think that – what I think is that I, I think that Marvel Universe is such a big, expansive universe – and you get you only see the the same ten characters anymore hmm. in, in like all of these big big things. I was like thinking, oh okay, Stephen Strange is gonna this is gonna be kind of like a fun. Remember Marvel two and one where it would be like the Thing and Jack of Hearts or yeah. Cloak and Dagger and Spider Man. And it's like you see there was a, well, a it showed it showed the expansiveness of like uh, um, their breadth of characters. Expans- yeah, and it's like now you get every event, and you just see it's it's a wonder. I it's a wonder Wolverine isn't in that group. Yeah, there, you know, old man, old man Logan. Yeah, um, so that's a good anyway. point. So I'm I'm curious. I, I do I do like this uh, ragtag group of characters that they've assembled for the next issue. So I'm curious about that. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about the format of the series? So Doctor Strange is a four issue miniseries, and it's going to tie into Doctor Strange. For two or three issues, Scarlet Spider, uh, Iron Fist, and there'll be a one-shot Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. Um, Jesus, I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah. So, so you got your wish, except they're going to do it in different comics. Well, yeah. that's the weird. That's weird. No, it's not it's smart. How is that smart? Because you sell a whole comic rather than putting it all in one. And in between, there's going to be what? Damnation 2? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's Damnation 1, Doctor Strange 386, Damnation 2, Doctor Strange 387, then Scarlet Spider 15, Damnation 3, Iron Fist 78, Scarlet Spider 16, Ghost Rider 1, Doctor Strange 388, Iron Fist 79, Iron Fist 80, Mm -hmm. Scarlet Spider 17, Damnation 4, Doctor Strange 389. It's like just like DC just did with metal. Remember how we were all adamant we read all every piece of metal, and then we found out oh, it goes into fucking fifteen other books. That's why we don't know what the hell's going on in I metal. Think, I thing. think that's a bit. I think that's a bit nuts. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, it looks like they're listed as there's the regular four issue miniseries, and the other ones are just called tie-ins. So yeah, it's not got, it's not like Doctor Strange Damnation Part Seven. You know, what I mean, I think they're just tie-ins, which will deal with whatever character in their book dealing with the Damnation um, storyline in Vegas. That's that. That's the panacea miniseries. Yeah. More and more, though, it gets to like we were asking seventy-five questions when we we're reading the last issue of Metal, going, "We've read every issue of Metal. Why the fuck do we not yeah. know what's going on?" Because yeah. of the tie-ins. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm just saying. I also okay. feel like that story is a bit disjointed, but yeah, I see. I get oh, I'm point. not trying to. This is a much better story. Yeah. Yes. So you far. Think so? <laughs> even even 
first issue. Well, it's a it's a very simple story. So basically, it's uh, Doctor Strange did some big crazy spell to resurrect all of the people who were dead in Las Vegas and rebuild the city, and then Mephisto, who was in hell, went, "Hey, I was enjoying poking those guys with a fucking pitchfork." Now I got to come up here and deal with you because uh, you stole all the souls and shit. So now he's in the corporeal mm. world um, with a giant fucking tower of evil, um, and he's fucking with humans who are alive. So yeah, right. and you yeah, know, he's I, basically I, no, he's stealing their souls and keeping them in a vault. Yeah, it's like if you do if you do the smallest sin in Sin City, you belong to him. So it's like this guy doesn't play pay his parking meter. And then the next page, uh, Stephen Strange was looking at one of the dollars in this vault, and it's got that guy trapped. inside, inside, trapped inside that dollar. Yeah. So um, that's fun. I like that uh, that aspect of it, um, and I also like the aspect of um, Mephisto having these characters and these darkened these characters, or like he's given them all flaming skulls. Like they're his minions, and it's you've, it's up to these like. I don't know, this legion of monsters or whatever they are to go and, and uh, fight these minions. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a, def- a defenders. That's, you know, really it's, this is a defenders team at the end here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, like this group kind of thrown together. I feel like we just saw this and forgive me. I don't remember the name of the, the series, uh, but I feel like we just saw this a couple years ago. There was a big mystic event that happened in Las Vegas and a bunch of the fiery, um, you know, supernatural characters showed up to fight it, like Ghost Rider. Um, gosh, I remember they fucked it up in Invincible. No, that no, was Marvel, okay. um, and it was drawn by the guy who was doing um, Amazing Spider-Man at the time with Dan Slott. Um, fuck, I forget. What it was. Someone, someone will email us and let us know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, it's we just saw this a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aha! It was a story called Circle of Four, which came out back in 2012. It ran through, uh, I think, Venom, the Venom series. It was a six-part event, and it dealt. With, it took place in Las Vegas. It dealt with uh, the son of Mephisto, Blackheart, and it had Red Hulk, X-23, Agent Venom, and uh, female Ghost Rider. Um, so yeah, it was a very, very similar book. And uh, so I wasn't crazy. It existed. I looked it up. There it is. Boom. I mean, it, uh, it'll be kind of fun. I, yeah. I, if it gives someone like Elsa Bloodstone and maybe Scarlet Spider and Ghost Rider and Blade and Moon Knight some extra attention, that's cool. You know, it's like mm-hmm. they're more obscure characters and, and I'm all for the obscure characters uh, getting their time to shine. So right on. Good on this book. I wasn't. I wasn't blown away by this first issue, though. I I was I'm mildly interested at the promise of what's to come, but then then I see the crossover and I'm like less excited about it. Oh, yeah, it feels like a cute thought, little um like um midnight movie version of the Marvel universe. Yeah, a little bit. I'm going to Vegas for my 23rd time in three weeks from now, and I just kept thinking. That Inferno Casino that popped up in front of Bally's and uh, right uh, Ellis Island, I'm thinking like, depending on the time of night, would I go in? So like, <laughs> eleven o'clock, yeah, I might stay away. Two a.m. though, you're, you're going. I don't know. 
Yeah. I think I might go in there. Yeah. yeah. Enter the bowels of the beast. Mm-hmm. What are you there for? Speaking of bowels. Yeah. I've, you just shit your pants. I shit my pants. Hey. Uh, Speaking Jeff... of bowels, <laughs> kick ass. Because that's where the bowels lead to. That's good. There you actually. go. You did it. You did it. Kick ass. You saved it. Kick-Ass is back, ready to wipe out the city's criminal lowlifes, destroy its gangs, and save its communities from decay. But there's a new face beneath the old mask, a new figure wearing that famous green and yellow spandex. Who is this new vigilante superhero? Who can fill Dave Lazuski's shoes? Who is the new Kick-Ass? Who? It's a lady. Yeah. It's that, a... It's that... a... It's a lady who was a, uh, what do you call it? She was a, sho- a soldier, and she was fighting yep. for the U.S. government. And uh, she yep. had a kid, and she came back, and she was like, all right, time for my husband. She has a, she has a couple kids. Nah, I yep. think she's got the one. Mm, I, think, I don't know. I, I think, think it was her family. Plus, like, like six girl. kids. I thought I saw like six kids running nope. up to her in the airport. You did. I think those are all nieces and nephews and stuff. Oh. That wasn't. That was a big thing. They're like, look, she's like hugging all of them as if they were all equally. As if they were all family. (laughs) As if they were all equally deserving of a hug. (laughs) You know, there's one that doesn't deserve a hug. Absolutely. The one you push on the forehead, right? Everyone out of my way. I want to hug my own kid. Right. Move over. (laughs) Move over, Brian. (laughs) We don't know what it likes, Brian. So yeah, basically her name is Patience, and she's a, a, a yeah. army soldier. And uh, her husband was there watching the kid, and and um, she was sending home the checks, I guess. And now it, she was excited to go back to school. Um, and the husband was going to take care of the bills, and turns out he left. He just like left the family <laughs> the day uh, before. <laughs> yeah, the day before. Uh, so now she has to make ends meet. Um, and this this whole first issue deals a little bit with, you know, the problems of finding a job, employment in the United States, and, and maybe some questions as to maybe that's how uh, Trump came into office. So it gets a little political as well. Um, and then she puts on the kick-ass mask because she can't figure out anything else to do to make money. So she decides that's she's... A- well, she, so she goes to rob the... Uh, the villains, mob, the, the criminals. The mob, the, well, the mob family that her family is tied to tangentially as we saw between her and her cousin brother uh brother no no i Mm. felt that was a yeah i think it is a brother i think it's like her brother or something um there is a mighty leap that was that was left here (laughs) (laughs) that was clear you know what i mean though it's like like i can't find a job i'm gonna become kick-ass yeah yeah. And it's like, where did, and how did she get the exact same costume that Kick-Ass got? Um, well, I, I asked the question, why? Like, even if you could get it because he did kind of become this media phenomenon a little bit. Yeah. I mean, is that now just the outfit of a super, but, but that doesn't make sense with the way he's created the universe already. Yeah. There were other costumes and other people coming together. Uh, there just needed to be a page with her sitting there making her list, wiping her kid's ass, and on television you see where is Kick-Ass. Yeah, exactly. And her – and like why isn't Kick-Ass around anymore and all this stuff and her being inspired to d- take that up because he's gone and she's like, okay, well, I can do this. this you know. But we don't see that here. Yeah. 
Yeah, one panel. One panel would have done it. I thought it was a bit yeah. of a jump, too. All of a sudden, she you know crosses something off the list, and then the very next page is her in the mirror with the outfit on. I was like, what? What? Oh, okay. And, it, and it's a splash page. They yeah. could have made that to a smaller panel and then have her looking at a TV screen about that. You know? It's almost like the world's worst montage. Like a montage <laughs> scene where somebody makes a list set to survivor music. It's just terrible. She's making a list and then wiping her kid's ass to to uh you know Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> 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 Sharpens a pencil. Wipe wipe. Yeah. I'm done with my poo. Come wet my butt. It's the thrill of the fight. <laughs> Okay, she's got at least two kids because there's a little boy who says, right. um, "Has dad gone away, mom? Uh, are we going to be okay?" And then cut, you know, later on she has to wipe her little girl's butt. Uh-huh. So there's at I least two kids. Yeah, I think yeah, she wipes true. three kids' butts. Nope, stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying it. There was a whole bunch of kids that ran up to her in that airport. Okay, I was just okay, but the whole, the whole book wasn't ass wiping. It was just one scene. Yeah. I think it would have been more entertaining if it was just her. No, I thought it was good. Her going, it's, oh, it'd be it? like it'd be like Sucker Punch. You know, when the girl dances, she goes to that like fantasy place. In here, it's like every time she wipes her kid's ass, she goes to a fantasy place where mm-hmm. she beats up criminals. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just a dream. The child's feces is a hallucinogenic. Yep. I I think it was a good it's a good character exploration it's it's interesting in that it's interesting in the societal points it brings up it did not need to be a kick-ass book I feel it's grossly misadvertised as one it's almost like making the kick-ass a a construct Mm -hmm. rather than the story we saw of the one particular individual creating that construct right which I I like I don't know Okay. Yeah, so I, I like that because it's it. it's a mantle that the downtrodden can put on. It's more of a symbol of the downtrodden rising up. Um, so are we going to get like a, 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 a kick-ass totem, like the spider totem? Yeah, the J. Michael Straczynski will start writing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what it – yeah, that's what it feels like. I just think that um, kick-ass, the original – what meant something because it was a it was just like a a nerdy kid who liked comics who lives out his dream by putting on a costume even though he didn't have any powers and, yeah. and that's that's just feels it this feels way too different and the motivation of her putting on that costume is definitely not there in this issue she almost does have powers because she was like a special forces ranger yeah, and that was the other part. Yeah, it's like he got his ass kicked. That's why. That's kind of why his name was ass. Kickass. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was constantly getting the shit beat out of him. Here, it's like she's almost too formidable to be wearing that costume. Hmm. It was ironic. Yeah. I know. I, I know they're going like they want to kind of, I don't know. It's No, I'm saying the first series, it was funny because it was ironic. Usually yeah. people don't go put that on just to be a living punching <laughs> they they don't wear down the villain's fists like that's not the objective yeah but i also that's felt like he had done as much as he could do with that character um mm-hmm. and i wound up not liking that character um so i was i was i'm interested enough about this new character that i'll keep checking it out 
him being the master of story retelling, the um, you know the papa of pastiche. Why not take a, a stab at Robin Hood? Because that's almost what her motivation is. Mm-hmm. To take from the evil rich and give unto the poor herself yeah. in this instance. But the worthy and deserving poor, I mean, she did her time, got fucked over by a flake husband who yeah. who, who wanted a white girl. Right. I mean, it's – she deserves it. She she has it coming for her, and so did Robin Hood. Yeah. For well, it's, to, it's one, one of those things. So they have a female Robin Hood at Zenoscope. Okay. That's, well, it's I, just it, I, I, I just think it's that. kind of funny because like there were there were people scoffing at Zenoscope. Not to say that 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 company doesn't doesn't uh, need it occasionally uh, because of the cheesy cheesecake kind of uh, covers, but about gender changing and everything. And it's it's so mainstream now that you don't that that people. I can't speak for everyone else about that. When I when I first. Uh, when I first did Jungle Book over there, it's like just all you got was just a lot of, oh, God, you just make Mowgli into a girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But tits on Mowgli. That's what that's what they always said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, was, uh, I can't speak for everyone about that. But my thing is, is that that was their that was their only um, button to push was what can we do? All right. Well, we'll make him a, a girl, we'll make him a sexy girl in a miniskirt and we'll show her bending over on the cover. That's the reason I didn't like it. It's not because they changed the the gender. It was because it seemed to be their one go to move. Well, the covers the covers don't help. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. but. Um, so it sounds like you guys aren't going to bother with this in the future. No. No, I'm going to rage silencer. Yeah, silencer was That's, good. Yeah, I'm much Silencer's more interested awesome. in that. Nice. Yeah. This this I just got too much of a silencer vibe with this this book. Hmm. Um, not just because just because she's a former soldier and silencer is like a former assassin, and she's a and the husband is kind of like a he's not the most. I'm not saying he's not masculine, but he's not the most like a, like aggro kind of like yeah. person. You know, it's like she, silencer wears the pants in the family. This girl wears the pants in the family mm-hmm. definitely. Um, this scene with her dad with the guy driving off with the with his like blonde student or whatever whoever yeah. he was working with that was pretty funny yeah. because honestly though if you were gonna do that i would i would probably do the same thing you know just not pick up the phone because you don't want to fuck with with her she's gonna kick your fucking ass <laughs> i mean i mean don't you agree Is oh what, yeah i mean I, it's you just don't if if you're gonna make a leap like that you gotta cut the cord i understand i understand what to do i kind of i feel bad i don't i don't agree with his actions but i understand why he did it that way i ignore the phone for a lot less than that like (laughs) i might forget not to lock the door she works ignore the i'll ignore the first three calls well yeah i uh i would definitely move and get a new identity calm down that's funny track you down now what about hit girl number one so did they change her hit girl into uh, a boy? No. No. Did you read it? Oh. No. Yeah, he didn't. I was making. I was trying to make a statement. Oh. oh. About gender swapping. Okay. Huh. 
By Mark Miller, uh, Ricardo Lopez Ortiz and Sonny Go, Hit Girl is back. The pint-sized Punisher meets Polly Pocket has left America behind and set off to serve justice around the world. First stop, Colombia. A mother seeking vengeance for the murder of her child unless Hit Girl to destroy his killer. But Mindy has bigger plans for Colombia's most feared hitman. Which was, uh, seemed a little out of character, but then again, she's fucked up, so maybe it's not so out of character. Um, I did not see that twist coming, that when she kidnapped that guy, she was going to offer him a job. Did you guys? No. I don't understand <laughs> why he doesn't just try to shoot and kill her. Yeah. Immediately. Well, he knows, he actually says he knows who she is. Like, she apparently is very, very famous for being, uh, just a super murderer, so... I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to fuck with her. Or maybe that's coming an issue, too. He's just going to constantly try to kill her. That would be kind of funny. Mm. Plus, there's that the bomb that is literally on his arm that she he watched uh, explode a dude in half. So that might have something to do with it. Oh, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Still. This I didn't like still. the art. I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the art. Same here. Funny. Yeah, the art was a little off-putting for me. It, it just didn't. I wasn't excited about it, especially when um, Amy Reader, the cover I got was Amy Reader, and I was like, oh, man. And then I opened it up, and I was like, oh, that's a very different look. It's not what I was expecting. Rob, what'd you think? Uh, God, I feel like the Debbie Downer of the show this week. Not, I, I, it's Is Hit Girl the character that needs her own book, or does she live best within the context of Kick-Ass? Yeah. I, I I don't think she needs a spinoff. I just I, I could not get any skin in this story, especially not having again that original character of Kick Ass. Dave I agree with you, JD. He was he was played out by the time we had Kick Ass too. I, that whole thing was let it go, but let the concept go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe you said what had to be said, and now we're done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing new coming out of this. And I, I don't find the characters distinct enough, unique enough that I need to carry on with her. I don't know. Well, the, I think the character was despicable enough, but at the same time, uh, sympathetic when she does it like in small doses and maybe once or twice. But then she goes to school and she's learning. Like I'm, th- I guess I'm thinking about uh, the movie more than the the comic, but. It's like she comes to this arc where she wants to try to learn to be a normal girl. And it's like now in this one, it seems like she's just totally embraced being a, a just a, a maniac. Yeah. Basically. Right. Um, it's and it, it just doesn't feel like a likable or logical uh, like path to go evolution of the character. Hmm. Well, she she had um, by the end of that series. By the end of that series, she had found her way back to, fuck it, I'm not even going to bother trying to be a normal girl. So, Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just think that she, she's, she's, uh, it feels way too cartoonish, and maybe that's because everything looks like a manga cartoon in this yeah. this issue, which I, I think the 90s are over, and we need to find another style to, to do. I just am not a fan of Americanized manga. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I have to question if Hit Girl or um, Kick Ass are, are still relevant. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know if I care. Well, anymore. it's like it's like that wanted the wanted miniseries. It was great, but there's a reason why it wasn't. They didn't do another one after that. Mm-hmm. I think he mm-hmm. kind of said he kind of said what he needed to say with that series, and he did that with also the Kickass series. It seems, yeah. and it's not like he has a lack of series and people to work with. The dude's always putting out new series and stuff. Yeah, but I guess this is maybe he just really has a lot of fun writing it. Maybe. Well, I'm glad he had a good time. Ouch. And on that note, Deathbed number one. Uh, let's see. Put out by Vertigo, which is DC's imprint, by Joshua, Joshua Williamson, Riley Rosmo, and uh, Ivan Placencia. And uh, let's see. Myth, hack, sex symbol, stark, raving lunatic. All these words have been used to describe Antonia Luno the world's greatest living adventurer, or at least he was until 20 years ago when he mysteriously vanished from the public eye. Now the 90-year-old, what? Now the 90-year-old has returned and claims to be on his deathbed, which is where Valentine Records, Richards, the failed novelist turned reporter, comes in. So, uh, he's supposed to be 90? All right, I guess. He's really well hung for 90. So did you, have you guys ever seen the uh, uh, stand-up by Patton Oswalt when he talks about Deathbed, the bed that eats. It's like the worst movie ever. Made. Uh, it sounds, that's not familiar. <laughs> yeah, he, he just goes on and on about it. Um, it's I, I've never seen the movie, but uh, oh, it's an actual uh, movie. It's an actual movie. Oh, and Pat Oswalt, he always writes about. Um, he always talks about that. Um, he he said it, it, it inspired him to write "Rape Stove," the stove that rapes people. <laughs> <laughs> ah <laughs> oh, god damn yeah. anyway anyway uh i like the concept of this better than the name of it deathbed yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how much well unless it ties into f- something further in the story um which i have a feeling it must it can't just be that this guy pretended he was on his deathbed so that zombies would come and try and kill him uh it, there has to be something else he just wanted to show his balls to that lady yeah exactly <laughs> it was all clever ruse, all ninety years of his life. Just the Is one this the Stanley so story? I was getting ready to say that. God damn it! Nice. This is this is what Stanley does every day. <laughs> it's terrible. You see, Horrible, he's a spider dude. that walks on walls. Well, so my, one day, I my can towel get my just dropped. Excelsior! My towel just dropped. <laughs> He's gonna die tonight. We're gonna post tomorrow. He's an old guy. It's okay. Um, (laughs) I like it that it features an old person. He's not really old though. He's He's like like a Raja Ghoul. He's more fit than any of the three of us. Yeah, I would have said like sixty-five, maybe tops. Yeah. He's a burly man. He, uh, he's better than any of us do. He's but look at this thing. He's like fighting a sea serpent, and then he's like a hippie, and then he's in the war, and then he's like a Alan Quartermain when he go down this long hallway, which is a great way of doing exposition. Yeah, yeah, without nice. uh, yeah. without saying anything about it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's he does. That's pretty cool, um, and I think that I think he's. Uh, what do you call it? I think he is 
younger because of some mystical stuff. Yeah. I mean, if there if there are demons and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. then you know there's a possibility of him him being. Yeah, that's not one a day. Cent- that's not one a day. Centrum Silver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is. There's more. There's more to this. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes. I, so it's clearly got some comedic elements to it because he's he's hiding under his covers, talking to this woman. All the while, these mummy creatures keep um, they're like surrounding them. So he finally like whips off the covers and screams, uh, "I hope you brought your dancing shoes, motherfuckers." And so my man's got his dick out. He's completely yep. nude except for a utility belt that is covered in knives and guns. And <laughs> so his his response, you know, he's, oh, I apologize for my state of undress. It's beyond ungentlemanly of me, but my enemies needed to believe I was truly at my most vulnerable. Motherfucker, you've got guns under the sheets. You couldn't have underwear? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, what she should have said. Yeah, that was pretty – it's pretty funny. But um, uh, I like this book a lot. I think this was a lot of fun. I love the, I love this main character. Both of these main characters, uh, I am in. I think this is a bucket of fun. He's going to die, actually die, uh-huh. thinking, and it's going to be a very unexceptional death. It will be like him, like tripping and getting his head chopped off, <laughs> or something, and falling on his own dagger or whatever. And she is going to have to continue his mission. Fight, yeah, hmm. yeah seems like that would be uh, – uh, th- this feels like it, it's a very ironic kind of story uh, with a sense of humor. And, and he keeps on saying that he's going to have this marvel. He was – like even when he was born, like the the father said uh, like how amazing he – he like holds him up like it's he's uh, the Lion King, you know, in the swamp where he's, he's born. And like says, you're going to be the greatest – the world's uh, greatest – you will be the, greatest, be the greatest man, man to ever, ever live to or die trying. Yeah. So I just feel like someone who lives such an amazing life like that, it's like it, it would be funny to have that the way it ends up. Um, or just like some kind of organ failure. Yeah. Yeah. Trips in front of a bus. Oh, no. My liver. So, for issue two, previews, previews World has this to say. Dearest friends, it is with a heavy heart that we inform you of the passing of Margaret Mars, philanthropist, globetrotter, and one-time lover of Antonio Luna. Her noble oh. pursuit of humanitarian causes dates back to the first word she ever spoke, peace, which is just juxtaposed with the seven words she uttered right before being assassinated. Who let these ninjas into my house? <laughs> I'm in for this series, man. I think this is yeah. so fun. Yeah. Yeah, this is like this reminds me of like Next Wave, where it's like one issue they're fighting these demon Aztec warrior things, mm-hmm. uh, or or and then the next issue ninjas. Yeah. You know, you just never know. This world is open to infinite possibilities. Yeah. So, I'm stoked. A lot of fun. Lot of You're fun. really on a Next Wave pining tonight. I am. I love Next it's Wave. Such a great Didn't series. Didn't you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird that I looked at this back page and they only have three series for. Uh, uh, Vertigo these days, Imaginary Fiends by uh, that's by Tim Seeley, and then Motherlands, which came out a, like a week or so ago. Yeah, uh, and then this one. I mean, that's I think that's right. Man, it feels weird that um, they took they did that whole uh, thing with Gerard Way. Young and that animal. Yeah, young, young animal is really feels like it's taken a divot out of uh, Vertigo. Yeah. 
I think that was on purpose. You lost Karen Berger off of Vertigo, and it, it, it imploded under itself. Yeah. yeah. You know, it lasted another year, maybe, after that. Yeah. They said, okay, we need to uh, do something new, and they've kind of thrown it out there. I wonder if maybe uh, when Bendis brings Powers and uh, the other original book he's writing out, out of continuity, Scarlet. He's got another one. I thought he had a new one coming, too. I wonder if they'll print under Vertigo. Well, he, no. He's going to have his own imprint, just like uh, Gerard Way. Oh. So we'll get another one outside of Young Animal. Yeah, he's going to have Jinx World with the stuff that he's already doing, and then they're going to oh. give him another of his own imprints. Jesus. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Word Balloon, the John Suntress podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. the, he was talking to it was what he calls the Bendis tapes. And it's basically a two-hour conversation with uh, Bendis. It was very interesting, detailed how uh, he almost died. Bendis almost died? Yeah, Bendis almost died. He got MRSA, um, and he had necrotic <laughs> necrotic tissue um, that they had to take out of him, and uh, he was literally blind um, and in his deathbed, oh, and uh, yeah, almost passed. And then they said if he had come into the hospital le- like less than three hours later, he would have been dead. Jeez. Yeah, they, they, uh, ex- they found necrotic tissue in his forehead which apparently would have killed him yeah and then today um another dude almost died kevin smith yeah i heard about massive heart attack heart attack massive yeah all right further adventures of nick wilson number two from image by eddie gorodetsky mark andreko and steven sadowski when the world's only superhero nick wilson lost his superpowers his arch nemesis clive morganfield had to settle for merely being a billionaire industrialist it didn't sit well with his ego so when nick re-emerges on the scene clive approaches him with a bizarre business proposition that raises a number of questions. Can enemies be partners? Can you build a future on the ashes of the past? And what secrets of the universe are held inside the grooves of a jug band record from the 1920s? So we we uh, had reviewed issue one, and I believe we all liked it. Question mark. I like the first issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think... I feel like I shouldn't like this second issue, but I did. It's weird. <laughs> Why do you feel like you shouldn't like it? Because it's just people sitting and talking and, and you know, it's, it, and yeah, it's kind of quirky and yeah, he used to be a superhero and there's the superhero context of it. But at the same time, it's just people just sitting there having one conversation after another, after another. Uh, and then every now and then you get a splash page. You're of, absolutely like, right, and I didn't even notice it. Um, huh. The conversations were the conversations were were good though. Yeah. I mean they were entertaining. I was engaged in it. Both it, it there. I don't know why I I I should hate this book, but it, I I like it. <laughs> nice. That's nice. my pull quote for the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it explains the hanging chad we had from issue one, where we just said. Who is this kid? We're guessing it's the secret, uh, you know, it's, I'm sorry, the arch nemesis of uh, the character. So, I mean, it was an answer we needed. I would have liked it in issue one, though. Hmm. Yeah, I wish this was like a double issue, this and that last issue, because I think that that would have made for a really good snippet into 
this guy's world. Um, hmm. He didn't get that girl's number, which that that annoyed me. Yeah, me too. I was <laughs> like, oh, look at you go. Oh, she's gone. He still could run after her. Yeah, that was the other thing. Is like he was like, "Oh, I should have gotten her number," and then she's like still slowly walking out the door. <laughs> oh man, there she goes. I wish I had gotten her number. Up, oh. oh, she's still going. <laughs> she's opening the door. <laughs> she's looking back. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it was that that was a fun conversation they had together. It, yeah, it, it's just. I don't know. It's it feels like this should be a sitcom or uh, uh, or something. Uh, it just the, doesn't. The fact feel that like he it's... was a superhero and he did all that other stuff was ancillary to the part you enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a like fun drama. Issue, at least the first issue had like uh, for action wise, they had that car wreck. You know, there was a. Mm-hmm. But then the whole rest of it was him having a dinner date with his old wife, or not wife, old girlfriend from high school. Mm. Well, he also well, yeah. also you know he also did a kids party and almost got banged by the hot mom. Yeah, yeah. See, so. that's true. For a loser, he seems to have no shortage of um, options. Yeah, and that's well, very... this, this chick walked on him. Well, I, I think just because she he gave didn't... him every opportunity. Exactly. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I thought she was just trying to get her phone charged. Oh, maybe. Well, no, but she's talking to him. He holds her hand for a second. Yeah, that he initiates that, and it doesn't last long. Well, he of course, pulls she talks back. about the. She talks about the dude that she was with or getting over. Yeah. Yeah. She fell yeah, in love with a big guy. Uh, yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't see her uh, throwing herself out there. No, I. I, I think um, had he. And I don't, I don't like to use this phrase, but like pressed his luck a little bit. And I don't mean pressed it, but just like um, been a little bit more confident is what I'll say. Yes. I, I feel like she would have responded positively or she may not have. But uh, I felt like there was enough of a rapport back and forth where she didn't hate talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't throw up in her mouth as soon as like he talked to her. But, you know, I'm on, also... on the other yeah. hand, though, th- I've had plenty of this um, – this sort of interaction with a woman and mm-hmm. even just the interaction itself. I'm just like, man, that was really nice and nothing came of it and, and nothing needed to come of it. But boy, was that pleasant. And it was just, it really like put a pep in my step for the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But wouldn't, wouldn't like if you were a single fella and I know you're not, but I mean, wouldn't, if you were a single fella, you would want to maybe have that conversation. Maybe that's always the way it is interacting with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd want to see if that happens. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I I mean, I, you there. Are, the world is full of missed opportunities. I think and, uh, yeah. it mm-hmm. it happens like this. It just feels yeah. feels maybe more true. But maybe mm-hmm. she'll show up later. That was that was my next question. Do you guys want her to show up again? Nope. Okay. It <laughs> was. A... <laughs> Good. It was just a nice missed opportunity. Is that what you mean? No, it was. Uh, it was a plot device. Oh, but okay. So thank you for that. So leading us into that plot point of his nemesis wants to create this sort of museum of their exploits and make money that way. And, um, you know, he, our Nick Spencer, not Nick Spencer, Nick Wilson is, um, uh, on the down and out. So the, he comes to him and tries to, um, find a way to make money. And so he says, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
And then he has a conversation with this woman who wants to borrow his phone charger at the bar. And then she leaves and he goes, okay, I'm in. Tell, missed tell opportunities. Me, that's it. That's literally it. It was a missed opportunity. Mm, was like, what oh, I believe. I'm I mean, not going to let this go by either. Right. He okay. did yeah. not go for the, to, to the point you guys were just making. I mean, I, I'm oblivious to signals from human beings. I mean, my wife practically had to like rape me to, to, to get me to stop talking and kiss her. Um, <laughs> shut up, bug. Um, so the you know but that it's interesting you guys said that because that was exactly i think the vibe and tenor that the true i think guys you both cut out rob can you say that again Mm, probably not as eloquently the 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 point was that you know the the signs were there the signals were there if he did actually ask for what he wanted or take what he wanted then he probably would have been going home that evening and he's not going to do the same up with, you know, his fiscal future. And he's going to go into bed with the devil. Basically. He's, he's, he's taking a chance with this thing, but it's like, what the hell? He has nothing else to lose. So Mm -hmm. how far, how worse can it get? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess we'll, it'll get much worse. It'll get much worse. Yeah, sure. Uh, I didn't read the back matter. Did you guys? No, couldn't do it yet. Um, but apparently it's like stuff uh, it's more about that guy who uh, she was listening to on the song on her shirt the quote from her shirt Mm -hmm. the quote like the circle around the sun yes yeah I didn't didn't bother reading that Um, he he starts off by saying I hate and I love back matter in the back of comic books Uh, and then he starts to go on about um, the Memphis Jug Band um, and I just ran out of time and I didn't find that I cared enough. Yeah. Now, if, if it, this happens to be important enough to the plot later on, then yeah, I'll come back and reread the, the, um, back matter. But right now I just, nah, it's fine. I didn't yeah. bother. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested. I'll, I'll watch it or I mean, I'll, I'll check out the next, the mm-hmm. next issue. Um, this does feel like it, it is a, like a failed movie. Uh, or TV series that mm-hmm. is now being adapted into a comic book, but that's cool. Whatever works. Um, um, I'll agree with you about all of the conversations that happened in this issue. It didn't really occur to me at the time, but now that you said it, I really want something big to happen next issue. Yeah. Yeah. To keep me going. Yeah. All right. Anything else, fellas? No. Cause that's our show. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on Spoiler Alert. Um, you can find Mark underscore L underscore Miller at mlmillerwrites.com. You can also go into your local comic book store and and buy. It's mlmillerwrites.com. And you can buy Grave Trancers. There it is. Uh, issue three will be out in just a couple of weeks. It, it, there was a, a little bit of a delay, but it's not delayed too much. So nice. there. And you can find Rob Patey at robpatey.com. You can find me at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, uh, 4456 Main Street in Maniunk. However, I will be moving to a slightly bigger spot a little bit down the street. Um, So that's kind of cool, getting a bigger comic shop. And, uh, oh, if you guys want T-shirts, man, go to johnnydestructo.com. I I print all sorts of my own designs, and uh, you can get those there. And that's kind of it. 
Thank you so much for joining us this week, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.